0: welcome to How To Adult With Joy, a podcast about adulting and the different milestones that we might go through to becoming an adult and all the challenges it comes. Thank you for joining and please remember to subscribe and follow this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another Wednesday episode. So it looks like Tuesdays have moved to Wednesdays just because I, what did I do yesterday? I just, I ran out of time, I guess, to record. I um actually was cleaning yesterday night. Normally I would clean on the weekend. but oh, for some reason this weekend was extremely busy. I felt like I've been really busy for the last few weeks. And I think it's because I've been stressed from work and I've had, to prepare this presentation for the last few months. Like every week my boss would go through the slides and tell me to add more or change this, change that, investigate this, add this. And then I just felt like I was back in uni and like I've never like spent so much time on a presentation before. Like even during my residency when I had to do presentations, like nobody really, like they would look at my slides once and basically like, what i put on there was what i presented and they were literally just spell checking but yeah this is the first time i had someone look at it and critique all my content and like tell me what to put which makes me feel more confident that what i'm saying is correct but also put like a shitload of pressure on me because it didn't wasn't like my presentation anymore it was more like their presentation but i was doing it and anyway i wasn't very organized even though i've been working on the presentation for like months um <laughs> i didn't actually practice um probably practice like once and then yeah and then i realized i kept changing the slides low i mean i guess i kind of knew the content off by heart but i probably didn't execute it in a very good way like <laughs> i didn't actually ask for feedback but i was thinking should i ask for unofficial feedback from my boss i felt like i slept said I, I probably spoke too fast um, just because I was, you know, I was busy. I had a lot of stuff going on in my ward and I just wanted to get it over and done with. And yeah, so I'm just so glad that it's done. And like, just like a big pressure off my body and like the stress. Like, and I just finally feel like I've got free time again because I felt like every spare moment I had, I was working on the stupid presentation just because I knew that my boss would... Want to review it, um, every week. Yeah, and I I have to work on my other things at work, like my therapeutic drug monitoring, where I'm supposed to still work on the cases. And when I do have time, I message the Gen Med pharmacist and I asked if there's any patients I can do, but there was none today. And they said try again tomorrow. But tomorrow is kind of busy because I have a meeting with my new boss. But anyway, it is what it is. And anyway, it was my birthday last week, as I mentioned. I think I was, like, very, like, emotional last week because I was, like, going through episode 8 to 9 of my daily dose of sunshine. And since then, I'm up to the last episode. I'm on episode 12. Started it yesterday, haven't finished. Kind of prolonging it because I'm like, oh, after I finish this, I'll be like, what do I do with my life when I'm eating? (laughs) I mean, I've already got the next drama lined up that from the same friend who recommended this one so i do feel like her recommendations are quite good so hopefully the next one that she recommended will be good as well um anyway so i'd really really highly recommend once again to if you have got netflix watch the my daily dose daily dose of sunshine um it if you haven't heard my previous episode which the two people who have listened <laughs> you have so um yeah just like since last week um not as much crying now like I haven't cried since episode 8 to 9 uh, episodes 10 11 and 12 so far are pretty happy um well, not happy but like they're not as you know emotionally dry like will make you cry um anyway it's the last episode episode 12 but yeah basically the poor nurse who goes back to work gets put under a lot of stigma because of because she- someone found out that she had depression and that she went into a mental health hospital and yeah it got really really like discussing um this with my um old colleague from my old hospital we caught up for dinner and groceries um as we normally do and so um we were just having a discussion about the stigma with mental health and if patients go into a hospital with mental health issues like often the doctors that see them like emergency department doctors are not the best people to speak about um, about psychiatric or mental health conditions and yeah if you want to see a mental health doctor you gotta wait hours and you don't even know if you'll get admitted I mean yeah from my experience like in ED like it's not very pleasant you don't even have a proper bed like the nurse might come and check your blood pressure every now and then but you're all alone like if you don't have anyone sitting waiting with you it's quite lonely and you probably want to leave so it's very very hard to get mental health care in an emergency like i guess our patient mental health services are probably more like patient friendly because ed is just full of chaos and things are happening it's loud people aren't Yeah, like, when they see that you're a mental health patient, like, they might judge you, you feel like, you know, other people are dying there, but I might look fine on the outside, but on the inside, you know, it's where all the depression, all the anxiety, it's hidden. It's, I don't like how people write in their notes that patient looks well, but how do you know they're well from just looking at them? Like, mental health is as important as physical health, in my opinion, and one cannot go hand in hand. One cannot be well when the other one is not well in my opinion i mean anyways so what was i saying yeah we were talking about mental health and uh patients i mean not patients i mean like healthcare workers with mental health illnesses like we were discussing about like how i've had a patient in my mental health ward that i've actually had two doctors and one medical student final year medical student as an as an patient um in the psychiatry Award, um so one was like an oncology registrar or palliative care I can't remember and the other one was like actually a psych reg so he was studying to be a psychiatrist and so just because you are a doctor it doesn't mean that you're not prone to mental illness I feel like you are even more prone to mental illness and I think a lot of people will hide it because they don't want to have that stigma because you know people judge and you don't want you know if you're sick you have to go see a doctor and they could be your colleagues so like I also like I as a pharmacist also feel like if I go to a pharmacy and I see a pharmacist that I know and they're dispensing my scripts I also feel uncomfortable so I can't imagine how it would be like to be a doctor where you have to go see a doctor for an illness and they it's, and you might know them, and it's just so awkward. And I understand why people hide it, and why people feel like I have to hide my illnesses because I am a mental health, I am a, I am a healthcare professional. I work in this field. I should be that. That I feel like there's this unwritten rule that I should be healthy because I am a doctor or I am a healthcare professional, and I can't see seem, I can't. Um, be seen as weak or have sickness and where does this come from we are just human beings we are just doing our job we are doing a job like why would you not stop an accountant from being an accountant just because they have depression like what makes one thing more important than the other I mean like I guess if you're like doing a life-saving surgery like you don't want to like just you know have a I don't know a seizure or a fit uh I mean like like depression like how's that gonna affect you in your like surgery maybe if you're indecisive or tired but anyway I I digress and it got me thinking like there is a um physio assistant that I used to work with and he has something called a foot drop which just means like his foot is like turned inwards and he can't walk properly so he's basically limping um and I always get concerned when he's walking around he always looks like he's gonna fall over and he also helps other patients walk around. And I'm like, if the patient trips, like, won't he fall as well? Is my concern. But, I mean, obviously someone must have thought about this when they hired him or trained him up. Um, And I guess you don't want to discriminate people with disabilities um, for getting a job. But I also was overheard that he wanted to become a physio. And I'm just like, oh, I just feel like, oh, I mean, like, good for him. But also, like, Will people really want to go to a physio where the physio has, like, a walking disability? I just don't know. But I feel like this is the society that we live in. Like, you just have to be able-bodied. You have to be able-bodied in mind, body, spirit to treat people, it feels like. And this drama really, really showed how people stigmatize mental health and healthcare professionals having mental health issues. Even if they're being treated, they don't want to be treated by them. And then it brought up these issues about you know like if someone does have mental health experiences themselves and they're working in mental health like isn't the lived experience going to help you beat it but also on the other hand that workplace is also very triggering like you're like i mean i personally haven't been attacked by patients but i definitely feel intimidated by them i feel i get nightmares from i get trauma from them like one of my patients um, back in my old hospital, gauge your own eyes out. Like, I didn't s- see the eye, but I mean, I saw someone put it in a jar. But, you know, these are traumatic things and like, you know, people are self-harming. Like, there's all these, like, it's not ideal for someone that has a mental illness to work there. But at the same time, you are more, I f- believe you you are more empathetic towards these patients because you do understand you may have been there in, like, you might have been there before, you know what I mean, like, um, I don't know, but yeah, I I feel like they can, but they need to, like, I feel like health professionals should be able to practice, I don't feel like in our APRA registration, like, for pharmacists, I'm not sure about doctors, but for pharmacists, they do, do specify that if you do have depression or, um, anxiety, but as long as you're being treated and seeing, like, counselor you can still work you don't have to declare it so i don't know what you have to declare on there but um yeah i don't know mental health is something as long as you're being treated you can still work um i don't think it's in a condition that you can't work so yeah and then that was like yeah one of the things you know i asked i did ask when i was going through my own mental health struggles and in the ed um they did ask do you want to become an inpatient But you are a pharmacist, but we will have to report this to APRA. So I think if you become an inpatient, it might be put as a notification on your file. And I did not want that. And because I did not want that, I was treated as an outpatient, which apparently you won't be put on your APRA registration. I don't know. If you don't disclose, how will they know? But I guess I did work there, so... Um, Yeah, it reminded me of the other patients that I've had in the hospital. I've had registered nurses. I've had physio. Um, I personally haven't treated any pharmacists unless they were retired. But I I didn't know when I was an intern, there was a pharmacist who did try to um, hurt herself or kill herself, I should say trigger-warming here, guys, um, by overdosing and stealing medications. And she actually had to... um, She lost her license, I think. She couldn't practice in a pharmacy, but she could do, like, you know, admin stuff. But, yeah, she was prohibited from working in a pharmacy with medications. So it is sad, and I feel like I have been exposed to it for a very long time for all this trauma um and yeah maybe this is the accumulation of my trauma but i, I would be really really curious about what you guys think and please watch the show and let me know what you think um anyway um since my birthday um i got to attend the yurima concert yurima um so yeah he's a very very famous korean artist um that i probably spoke about last week um, with highlights, songs that are famous, that are often used in weddings and all sorts of ceremonies. Um, so River Flows in You, Kiss the Rain, Passing By, Baby. Those are my favourites. Um, and anyway, it was really, it was like a really good concert. I would say, like, if I was going to um, compare this concert to the Rad concert earlier in October... I would say Radwin's was better, but um, they are very, very different. Um, I'll say Radwin's, I felt more on the zone and I felt like the music sort of poured all over me and I was taken over by the music. I was possessed. But with Urema, like, I don't know if it was because of the people that I was sitting next to that was so annoying. I mean, like, so the person on my left, they were eating like loud snacks the whole time and they came late the person on the two people on my right were like filming and using their phone the whole fucking time and like the light was just so bright it hurt my eyes they used flash i was like oh my god so they said during the present like the performance that you can't record because the yorima doesn't want you to record him and so yeah but they still secretly filmed him i mean i did a few clips there but i like turned my brightness to like zero and i only did it for a little bit but this girl was like legit just checking her messages and i was like all so fucking annoying um and the one of the ushers or whatever actually came and flashed a light in her face and was like stop stop using your phone and she stopped for like 10 minutes and then she went again i was like fuck you anyway um and the person at the back was like legit having covid or like some sort of like illness like coughing and like right behind me and i was like oh fuck am i gonna get sick and yeah sneezing i was like fuck my life anyway the people in front of me were like okay but it's just the people on my right my left and my back were really really dodgy and i guess this is what happens when you go to a concert on your own and you're stuck between other people yeah <laughs> anyway it was a very magical concert like um i love yurima ever since i probably more than 10 years i've been playing his music uh i have a few <laughs> music videos on my youtube uh if you go to www.youtube.com uh i think it's slash sugar tweety 10 i think i have a few of his videos um i think i did passing by i don't know if i did river flows in you probably not but Um, yeah, uh, yeah, so it was so good to see it live, but it wasn't as epic as I thought it would be, like, maybe it was because the piano was not as loud as I thought, but, um, Red Rooms really consumed me, but, like, Yurima, you had to really close your eyes and focus, and he did tell us to focus and close our eyes at some stage, so that was really nice, it's very different, I've never been to just a solely piano concert, so, um, yeah it was just amazing um and i didn't realize his english was so good like his english was like pretty on point I can barely hear that korean accent i reckon it was more like a chinese person speaking but i don't know his english is good his articulation was good i think because he might have studied in england or something for for his music I really enjoyed the little breaks where he talked about his music because I felt like we got to know him more. And I don't know a lot about him except for that he's Korean and he wrote all these music. Um, so yeah, I looked him up online on Wikipedia as well. So his dad's a pastor. Um, I think his music is also inspired maybe by religion because um, he does have a song called Lord Hear My Prayer or something like that. Other songs I remember from the night because uh, they didn't give us a song list. I think there was one called Dance which was really nice. One called Room of Review, um, one called, uh, was it Winter vs Summer or something? Or Summer vs Winter. And what was it? There was all these, like, French and Italian names. And, um, yeah, I think he said something called Friends. Was this another song? He wrote a lot of songs during COVID. Um, and he was trying to, like, show us his new songs. But, you know, the crowd, you know, they knew what they wanted. They wanted... River Flows and You, and they wanted Kiss the Rain for Encore, so yeah, um, I was discussing with one of my old uh, workmates from my previous rotation, one of my the doctors, and he was just saying like, I think Yurima's like cursed, both blessed and cursed, um, by his hit songs like River Flows and You and um, Kiss the Rain, because he was like, people only want to hear those songs in every concert, and... <laughs> you have to just keep playing it even though you don't even like it anymore because people know you for it and like and you got to play the thing same thing again and again because everyone just likes it and then we were and then that led to another discussion about whether or not you can love your job because uh my friend also plays for like an orchestra or he did um and he said like he was in like concerts for like Miss Saigon or whatever and she had to he had to play like eight eight concerts a week and i think he said like the first time it was like amazing and then when he did it by the end he was like sick of it and yeah like he was like i hate this and then he i he's a doctor and i was like oh do you think i love my job as a pharmacist like my job can be stressful do i like is there satisfaction i don't know questionable um especially since my patients are at home and he said he loves his job and I'm like, oh, wow, well, so maybe the job that you love does exist, but you just need to find it. And I feel like I still need to find it because I don't love my job, but it does pay my bills and it keeps me alive and it funds my lifestyle. Do I love going into work every day? No, <laughs> I, I I don't know. And I feel like how long can I last because I don't see my see." City- myself doing this forever, but I also don't know how to get to where I want to go, and I don't even know if where I want to go will will be where I want to go, will will be actually what I feel like it is, like, you know what, you know what I'm trying to say, right, is that, like, the grass is always greener on the other side, so maybe, like, if you leave this job, you go to another job, and then you're like, oh, it sucks, and then you go back, and I felt like I have tried to leave pharmacy before, and Uh, i've come back because of the pay the money in in other industries and other jobs that i got was not good and then i realized like maybe the pay isn't that bad in pharmacy after you've got some experience and you go into hospital and things like that anyway i really really digress and i really really ranted um and i think i was supposed to talk about something else but i don't know but anyway um I caught up with a friend from Adelaide who moved here last month. I'm not sure if he still listens to this podcast, but um, he is in one of my very, very early episodes that I recorded in Adelaide before I moved to Melbourne. And he is the radiographer that I interviewed, um, Andrew. Um, So he's actually my high school friend. We go way back to when we were like 13 or 14. And yeah, we've just been on and off friends that you know, because I moved to Melbourne and we kind of lost contact sometimes. Um, anyway, he moved to Melbourne and we caught up at one of my invitations to a Indian restaurant. Um, I do want to say a comment about this. They called it... So this um, marketing agent, whatever, um, they put a call out to a whole bunch of foodies. And they're like, oh, these are all these restaurants. Like, um, do you want to come and do a collaboration? And for me, like, um, in my short experience of doing collaborations since last year is that normally the restaurant will let you choose or they have a set menu or whatever for you. And then you just, like, take photos, make videos, tag them, add them as a collaborator, whatever, and then, um, yeah, post it to your story or in your page. And then, yeah, so that's what I my see as a collaboration Um, but what happened is when I, we got there, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to be taking videos and like photos and fuck, like it took like three hours. So like the, they asked us to go at three, which is like such an awkward time. Um, and then basically over three hours, they took, made us be like hand models and yeah, just make videos and yes i have done this one time other one time before and but it was from a different company and how they advertise it is they don't ad- advertise it as a collaboration they advertise it as we need models so basically my friend i didn't know this but i apologize i was like i didn't know that we would be asked to be models i thought we were just going to be able to eat and take and i'll just take some photos and videos and that was it But yeah, it took forever because they took so many photos and made so many videos, made us do things. I mean, I guess it was fun and it might be fun for my friend because he hadn't done that before. But yeah, it just takes a long time and the food gets cold and it's not nice. But we did get a lot more food because they made us order so much for the photo shoot. So I think we added up to like $150 maybe. I'm just trying to, I haven't made my own video yet, but yeah, I'm pretty really sure like we got two mango last year's, which was six fifty. We got like three different curries, which is probably like $20 each. We got naan bread. We got desserts. I don't even know what it's called. They ordered it. Um, we got this salad. Um, we got this like sizzler thing, which was like $50. And um, What else did we get? Yeah, this is random, like, um, vegetarian dish. I think they ordered some stuff to just make it look pretty. Um, anyway, it was a f- freaking load of food, and we got, like, four boxes of takeaways. So we got two each at the end, and we got rice too. Um. Yes, there's a whole lot of food, but definitely not a collab. Don't call it a collab if you just needed models for your food, for your videos. Cause yeah, that's how I guess they tempted out all the foodies. Cause like a whole bunch of foodies probably just got tempted by the word collab, which is not really a collab because you're just being used as a model. Collab is more like we create the content and we're working with the com- like the restaurant. But this was like them just using us. But we got the food anyway. Anyway, so rant over, but that's just my take on it and I don't want to collab collab in bunny ears with them anymore because, yeah, that took three hours of my life and I didn't even get any, you know, creative control of what I wanted to do because they sort of wanted to use their professional videographer and their professional camera to take the photos. Um, anyway, I just got a few there and then, but anyway i will see you guys next time if you i'm pretty sure you can leave comments on spotify podcast now so if you've got any opinion about whether health professionals should disclose that they have a mental illness or if they should be banned from being um, a healthcare practitioner or a doctor if they've got a mental illness let me know in the comments below thank you again for listening Thank you for listening to this episode of How to Adult with Joy. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star review. Thank you.